Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. Obviously, uh, if you heard the intro, this is the Bad Idea Takeover. They've taken over once again. Uh, we had some new Bad Idea books drop just the uh, other day. And I have one of the creators, one of the writers for one of the books that just uh, was released. Joining me, uh, Robert Venditti. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me on, Jace. I appreciate it. It's, uh, I don't know, man. I think it was like the beginning of Hawkman was the last time we talked. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but, you know, you kind of got your your start. You know, you really put your uh, stamp on the comic industry with Valiant. And a lot of those guys have moved over to Bad Idea. So it's good to see you uh, coming back together with all the uh, the guys like Dinesh and Warren. Does it feel like coming home in a way? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, when they reached out to me, about Bad Idea, this would have been San Diego Comic-Con 2019, I guess, the last one there was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I met with Dinesh and Hunter Gorenson there, and um, you know they kind of told me what they were cooking up, and Josh Dysart was there, and Matt Kent was there, and we were all kind of hanging out. And it's, it's, it was like hanging out with old friends, you know? And mm-hmm. We were at Valley together for about, I guess, five years maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a great time working with them all while I was there. I didn't get a chance ever to work with um, Carl Bowlers. Mm-hmm. He showed up at Valiant just after I had left. Uh, and I'm working with him now uh, at Bad Idea. But other than that, the rest of the Bad Idea crew, Josh Johns, Adam Freeman, Warren Simons, of course, who, you know, I was in the in the trenches with Warren for every single issue right. uh, that I wrote uh, for Valiant, which I don't even know. It's got to be close to 80 issues or something. Um, you know, they're all over Bad Idea. So... Uh, the opportunity to go work and sort of reteam with all those all those guys uh, is it was something I didn't want to miss. So beyond being able to just go back and and make comics with your friend, because Dinesh just talked about that, right? I mean, you got these are great books, but you're having that much more fun because you're you're doing it with friends and and guys that you respect sure, their work. Yeah. How did you feel about when they started coming up with all these crazy ideas? Like, hey, it's going to be you know only in comic shops, no trades, uh, one per person. Did you know that stuff early on? And what were your thoughts about it? Yeah, I did. I knew they were going to have sort of an, an, an untraditional, you know, publishing plan and marketing schedule and all those kinds of things. So they did not all of the stuff, you know, I think they developed more of it as they went along, you know, um, and especially over the year that, that everything was sort of shut down, you know, they were supposed to launch originally in I think May of 2020 and now here it is a year later. So I think they developed a little bit more of that stuff as they went along, but um, yeah, I knew a lot of it and, you know, I mean, it's fine with me if that if that's the publishing plan that they want to do. You know, my I don't think a lot of people know this about me, but my roots in comics come from very small independent press. You know, I I started out working at Top Shelf uh, in their warehouse packing boxes, and when I had started at Top Shelf, they hadn't published blankets yet. You know, they were a very small independent publisher. They're they're much much bigger now. You know, they did blankets. Uh, they published Jeff Lemire's first books. They published Matt Kent's first books. They published Nate Powell's first books, Jeffrey Brown, like a whole slew of of creators that are now, you know, industry names. We're all doing, you know, their first books at top shelf. And, uh, you know, I, those are just kind of my, uh, kind of my roots, you know? So for me, if uh, bad idea wanted to take sort of a more, small press approach that's fine with me that's not something i look down on because that's where i come from you know yeah and and you know we've talked a lot on the show about um it's the fact that you guys are trying to get 
more traffic into into comic shops. You know, that's what you Dinesh himself said it. Hey, we'd like to do trades, but we know inevitably if we do trades, it's going to end up on Amazon. How does that help out a smaller comic shop? They want the foot traffic going into comic yeah. shops. You know, yeah, trades can also be their own nightmare too. You know, I mean, I remember at Top Shelf, um, we published the entire run of Eddie Campbell's Bacchus. I don't know if you've ever read Eddie Campbell's Bacchus, but it's I want to say there was twelve trade paperbacks of. Um, single issues that they had collected, you know, mm -hmm. and it was always, you know, we got number one in stock, but now number three is out. And we just reprinted number five, but now number two is out, you know, and it's just like, you know, it's, it's really hard to stay on top of. So um, I love in the individual single issue comic as a format, you know, my favorite all time format uh, is the mini comic. Uh, if you're familiar with those, you know, you go to a small press convention, everybody yeah. makes them by hand. It's, the whole thing becomes its own art piece, you know, with yeah. die cut covers or silk screens or any of these kinds of things. I mean, I have boxes full of those things that I've got over the years, you know, I love that stuff. So um, for me, staying with a, with a single issue format is fine. You know, it's, it's nothing that I uh, would be prohibitive to me as a creator. Uh, you know, I, it just, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of it, and, but I also, you know, I've done original graphic novels as well. I've done novels, you know, I do all sorts of formats. So I don't really uh, have just one that I would want to do or a favorite or whatever, you know, right. whatever a publisher decides they want to do and try to put the stories out there. I'm always open to trying it out. Yeah. And you bring up a good point. Uh, if you print a bunch of graphic or a bunch of uh, trade paperbacks, you got to, you got to store them. You know, it's it's that mm -hmm. initial outlay as well. You know, you got all this money tied up in all this inventory. And in yeah, inventory. yeah, you're talking. Yeah. Uh oh, we're out of print and all that kind of stuff, and so yeah. uh, it, it can get uh, it can get to be a handful. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing I that's great about being a small publisher is you guys, you know, you're real nimble and you can do cool things. You know, not a lot of overhead. Uh, which leads me to, I have to ask you about the Tankers promotional video. Yeah, the Tankers video. So uh, Brockton McKinney, who's a really good friend of mine, and he does a lot of the video assets for Bad Idea. Um, he was somebody that uh, I, I sort of introduced the company to in a way. They'd met him before at conventions and things, but um, when I knew they were looking to do video, I said, I got this buddy named Brock who I think would be a really good fit because Brock's background also is very small press minded, but he also used to be like the lead singer and the guitarist in a punk band. And so really kind of plugged into that sort of punk aesthetic, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, he and I were hanging out uh, writing, you know, we get together about once a year. We'll, we'll spend about a week at, uh, at my place and we'll, we'll, we'll work on projects together, whatever. And we were talking about tankers and he was working on at the time uh, the button videos. Uh, I was with him when he cut a lot of those, like the death of the button and all that stuff. I was with him when he cut, you know, a lot of those videos, watching watching over his shoulder as he edited them and things like that, just seeing how he did it. And I said, you know, it'd be cool if we did like a video, a promotional video for tankers. And, you know, there's a place like an hour from me where you can rent a tank and like shoot a 30 cal machine gun or whatever. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's just, it's like right up, you know, right up the road or whatever. And so we just kind of put together the idea of, this video of me as a method writer who has to really research his material. I have to live it before I can write it, you know, and, and uh, you know, we pitched the idea of a bad idea and they loved it. And uh, you know, they upped it a little bit more and, and uh, 
push it even a little bit harder. And uh, it's just having some fun, you know. I, I think that uh, you've known me for a while. I'm, I generally tend to be more of a reserved, you know, individual. I'm not somebody that you would expect to be doing something like that on video. But I don't know. It's just been such a bleak time that we've been in, you know. And, and there's something to be said for just trying to have some fun, you know. And and when I when we posted that video. I think people were just so struck by the fact that I, even people who are like some of my best friends, they were like, I cannot believe that they convinced you to do this. And I was like, well, it was my idea, you know? And uh, we had a lot of fun with it and the response to it was, was crazy. I don't, I mean, it, it's, it's had 14,000 views on Twitter. I don't know how many views it's had anywhere else, but I swear to you, I don't meet a single person that hasn't seen that video, you know? <laughs> Every single person has seen that video and they ask me about it. Which is cool. I mean, that's what we wanted. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks like you were having a blast. Um, I've always wondered about firing an automatic weapon like that. I mean, that thing looked like just yeah. No, I I, I squeezed off like the first burst, and it definitely made me jump. You know. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, after I got like a good long burst, and Brock was able to film it, I handed it over to the guy who worked there, and I was like, "Dude, go ahead and gun down all this stuff because." I'm going to waste a thousand bullets <laughs> yeah. trying to track these dinosaurs, you know, spraying this thing all over yeah. the place. You know? So I definitely fired it, but uh, I was no expert marksman. That's for sure. Oh, that's cool. Uh, well, let's talk specifically about, about tankers itself. Um, because the first issue I was, you know, somebody was asking me the other day, well, what, well, tankers, like, what is it? You, you read the first issue. Like, what was your impression? And honestly, my, my what I told him, I said, you know what? balls out action that's that's takers number one I, I mean you hit the ground running and dinosaurs and machine guns and just all out kind of insanity so uh is this a story that you've had in uh in the back of your head for a, a while and bad idea was the right place to tell it or is it something you you developed with them give us the the background yeah no we developed it together a bad idea you know um again you know getting back to the idea just having some fun you know like I just want to do a comic that'd be fun, you know, and it's about something, you know, it's got characters in it and, you know, it's got like a meaning behind it. If you go looking for those kinds of things, but I just want to do something that was really satirical, um, was fun, but wasn't like played for laughs, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Paul Verhoeven was a big inspiration. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of stuff like Robocop and total recall and things like that. Um, just to really try to lean in to that kind of story. It's, it's something that I hadn't done before. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to have a premise where, you know, mercenaries and giant mech suits travel back in time and fight dinosaurs, like it needs to be a lot of action, you know? And so early on, you know, originally we were talking like it was going to be four 24 page issues. And I said, I really think three 32 page issues would be much better it's the same page count overall. It's still 96 pages. Right. With that 32 issue, 32 pages really allows you to open up those action scenes and get some of those big visuals in there and let Juan Jose Reap really go to town because he's the perfect person to draw this book. And I didn't know who was going to draw it when I was turning in my initial pitches, you know, and sort of my mm -hmm. plot breakdown and things. But once they told me Juan was going to be the artist, he's somebody I wanted to work for ever since we did two issues together on Eternal Warrior, Wrath of the Eternal Warrior over at Valiant. I'd always wanted to work with him again. Uh, he's super detailed. 
he's super good with action, but also the emotion and the faces, you know? Yeah. And when they told me that he was going to be the artist, I, I wrote the book specifically for him. You know, it's got those big crazy beats, like a guy, you know, sawing a T-Rex in half yep. vertically with a big chainsaw mech arm. But what really sells it to me is all the just utter absurdity that all these characters are spewing and Juan's expressions are, these people are dead serious. Like at no point do they think that this is the most absurd concept ever to go back in time for the sole purpose of diverting the comet so there'll be more dinosaurs and we'll have more oil. Like they are all 100% vested in that, you know? And his the emotion that he puts into the characters is really what I think lands the humor in the book. If it was, you know, played for laughs or, you know, uh, you know, bug eyes or whatever, you know, uh, I don't think the book would work as well. So thrilled to have him on it. And this is this is only the beginning. I mean, the next two issues just keep getting crazier and crazier. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me a lot. So because I, I, I discovered Juan's work when he worked with uh, David Schulner on Clone uh, at Skybound. And that's a, a very action packed series as well. So you're right. His facial expressions, his detail. Um, and the other thing he's really good at is um, the way he moves the camera around with depth of field um, when he's in, in his art. You know, so I mean, you you don't have to, like, visually, you'd never have time to to take a break. So uh, it's great. Yeah, and it, you know, it's a complicated book. I mean, it's a team of six soldiers, and they're fighting dinosaurs coming out every which way, and the storytelling is really fluid. You never get lost in it. You know. And then you have Andrew Dollhouse coming in with the colors. And I mean, it's a hyper detailed book to have to mm -hmm. color, you know? Um, but I mean, he, you know, he's somebody I'd worked with before as well on the flash uh, when I was, when I was uh, doing the flash for DC and uh, you know, just the two of them together are, are a great team. And uh, you know, I, I'm, I know the first issue just came out three days ago, but I'm super excited for people to read the next one. You know uh, I'm just having a blast with it. I hope it comes across in the story and I hope that people read it and kind of say that, you know, I didn't know that Rob sort of had this gear, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, Cause there's a lot of things that I'm able to do as a writer. Um, you know, I, I like to, to pride myself on being pretty versatile, you know, mm -hmm. and this just shows, you know, sort of another arrow in my quiver, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I would say, you know, it's a long time fan reader of your work. This does feel very different from anything you've done before. Um, and to go back to something you said before about how serious these guys are taking this ridiculous idea, it's kind of like a train wreck. Like when you're reading it as a reader, you know, well, this is not going to go well. You're just yeah. waiting for the other shoe to drop. And sure enough, at the end of the issue, they come back to what, you know, should be present time and place. And, you know, the shit has hit the fan. <laughs> so Yeah, you've got these hyper evolved dinosaurs now. The idea was that the comet would go one more time around the universe or the galaxy or whatever, and then come mm -hmm. back and hit us and everything will be fine. But the comet never comes back. So the dinosaurs we have now are super hyper-evolved dinosaurs. And obviously it's a time travel story. And we know that as soon as they go back in time, they're going to come back and it ain't going to be yep. the way they left it, right? That's every time travel story we've ever seen. But they go into it blindly and they ignore that, right? Well, that's part of what the story is about. I mean, we all do this, right? Yep. Like we all know where this is going to end up with fossil fuels and whatever, but we all still go to the gas tank every day. You know what I mean? So uh, it's that sort of willful blindness for the sake of, you know, maintain. I'm not trying to preach to anybody or anything like that. Um, 
I, I fly on planes. I drive a car. I'm, I'm as guilty as buddy as every, as everybody else. Yeah. But uh, I do hope we can find a better way at some point. You would hope you know, before it's too late, you know. And I, I hope it doesn't involve time travel. Now you mentioned uh, uh, Andrew Dollhouse, you know, and and like you said, he you know his work on the Flash was was exceptional, uh, and I think he'd done a little bit of work at at Valiant right toward the the end there. Um, but having him on the book, like how much uh, did you did you t- talk about w- what kind of tone you wanted to set with color, or did you just let him and uh, and Jose work that out? Was there any uh, back and forth between you and Andrew? No, not a lot. I, I think, I mean, Andrew is a pro, man. He's been doing this a long time. So I think he gets it, you know. Most of what I do when it's color notes is, you know, watching for continuity stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a complicated book and it's not like, you know, it's it's Batman and Superman and Green Lantern that we all kind of know what they look like right. from experience. These are all new characters, you know. So really I go through and I look for continuity stuff, you know. Does Boom Boom always have his red vest? You know, uh, is Gold Farb always wearing his hat? You know, right. that kind of stuff. Um, but as far as the storytelling and the tone and things like that, I mean, that's just Andrew being Andrew. And he and Juan uh, had worked together before. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that they'd already established that ability to to work with each other, you know. Now, did you know a lot about dinosaurs? Like, were you a big dinosaur? Like, I, I loved dinosaurs when I was a kid. I kind of grew out of it. Uh, or did you have to do some some research? Or you I did absolutely zero research. You know, <laughs> like, like I mean, I'm sure that a lot of these dinosaurs didn't exist at the same point in time. And I started to like think in my head because I'm a I'm a big research guy, right? I mean, we've mm-hmm. talked before. Yeah. You know, like like six days. You know, I did huge amounts of research for right. that book. But for this, I was like, this thing is so absurd on its face. I'm not going to get mired down on whether or not T-Rex has really existed in prehistoric Texas or not. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. I have no idea. Now, uh, Louis LaRosa, on the other hand, is an actual dinosaur enthusiast and is like a dinosaur fine artist. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he does the covers on the book. Uh, he does the, the art and, and Laura Martin does the, uh, the colors. And he told me that on Tankers Number One, on that cover, every single species he drew actually existed in prehistoric Texas. You know, so wow. he did well, all kind of research and stuff. But I wasn't trying to do that. You know, it's it's not a book that's meant to be taken right, for its scientific right. acumen. You know what I mean? No, I'm glad. I'm, the reason I asked was I'm glad because I could just I could I know how you are. You know, you went back in Hawkman and read like every you know thousands of appearances. Like, man, I hope you weren't burning the midnight oil trying to learn nah, about dinosaurs. Yeah. No, nah, I just kind of made it up as we went along, you know. I didn't stop and think about the rules of time travel or whatever, right. you know what I mean? It's just, you know, just doing the story. And it's all, like I said, meant to be satirical and um, played extreme, you know, played completely straight. But the humor comes from how, how absurd it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, you know, it just came out this last Wednesday, so maybe you haven't had a lot of feedback yet, but uh, on social media or from fans, have you heard anything or, or maybe even from shops that people are, are digging it? I mean, yeah, everybody that I that's reached out to me on social media has liked it, but that doesn't mean there are people somewhere saying they hate it and not tagging me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I really don't have any idea. Um, it's not as... Uh, you know, like normally when something like this would happen, I'd be at a convention or whatever for a release and you'd interact mm-hmm. with a lot of people. And obviously the times are different right now, but um, 
I, I do know that the people that have read it, that have reached out to me, have really enjoyed it. And I know that apparently it's selling really well. You know, uh, a ton of stores have already sold out. And I was in North Carolina at Ultimate Comics uh, for the release. I was just signing at their store. And I was driving home on Thursday. I stopped at a few stores between there and Atlanta. It's about a four-hour ride. Just to pop in and say hey to people. I hadn't done a store visit. Hadn't done a convention since November of 2019 was the last time wow. I'd done a convention, yeah. you know, which is super rare for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way back to my days at Top Shelf, I'm good for 10, 12 conventions and store visits a year. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so I did not a single one in, in 2020. And, uh, you know, stopping into those stores, you know, they had very limited copies, you know, uh, the, or the, the racks were all out and they had like two or three that they were under the counter kind of thing. Um, so there wasn't even really much stuff for me to sign, which means that people are buying it up, you know, which, yeah. is, which is great. You know, well, let's talk a little bit about the, the B side, you know, uh, bad idea has these, uh, backup stories, which I think is great. You guys get a, a few pages to kind of in what you did with takers, which is just tell any kind of story you want. Uh, the B side, because it's a B side, because it's backup, you get to go even, you know, stranger, even weirder kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the B side, you know, here you have this Abraham Lincoln made a deal with aliens. Yeah, yeah. So it's Where set like two days from? before Abraham, Lin- Abraham Lincoln's assassination. The Civil War is over. You know, the North is won. The country is going to come back together again. And uh, he's on a coach ride. And it's just him and his driver. And they go out into the middle of the, the woods in the middle of the night. And... Uh, an alien ship lands and we find out that Abraham Lincoln's been meeting with aliens and they basically said, we're going to build a maximum security prison uh, for the universe's worst criminals here on earth, you know, in Wyoming, which wasn't even Wyoming at the point, but at that point on the map. Right. And, uh, and if you don't want to do that, then we're just going to obliterate you and do it anyways. And so he has to sign over uh, the rights for this construction crew uh, to begin working uh, on the prison so it's just a little eight page story you know when bad idea first told me that they were going to do these eight page backups i knew that the issues were already going to be at least 24 pages of story i knew tankers was going to be 32 and i was like you guys sure do like making more work for yourselves you know like <laughs> nobody's asking for nobody's going to complain if you give a 30 page comic out for 5.99 or what yeah. 32 page comic for 5.99 like that's a great price in today's market, especially with the production values. Yeah, and no ads. Books, you know, spot varnish covers and thick stock on the cover, thick stock on the paper. And they're like, nah, we'll throw in an extra eight pages too, you know? So um, I love doing it. I love short stories. And uh, who knows? Maybe that eight pager is only the beginning of something much bigger. We'll have to see and find out. You know? Yeah, that's that would be cool because I did. I loved it. And at the same time, I went, okay, but what happens next you know yeah. i mean we know we know abraham like you said he gets assassinated just a couple of days later but and so then nobody knows he made this deal so then they come and what yeah it's a it's a it could be a, a larger story it was a lot of fun yeah, and, the, and the artist on that story is a, a new artist that i've never worked with before named not well new to me but named jorge monlongo and he did everything even the lettering he did uh the art colors letters everything and uh it's the designs you can see how much love he puts into each individual character you know i mean his design for lincoln is cool but we all know how lincoln looks but yeah the kind of stuff that he does with the aliens and the ships and and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff you can see how much attention he puts to it and it's a really fun uh really colorful style uh so super happy to work with him on that 
Yeah, and it looked like you had a lot of fun doing that story too, uh, in in a different way than Tankers because it's not quite as absurd. Although I guess if you think about it, it's it's close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see how it, it's definitely not satirical or it's not it's tongue in cheek, right? You know? um, but yeah, it's it's definitely you know again it's it's just lighter material. You know, mm-hmm. it's stuff that I haven't really uh, done much of in the past, and so it's kind of an opportunity to flex some different creative muscles and stretch my legs and all that, you know. Now, Takers is, uh, like you said, three issues. Is it, is it bi-monthly? Yeah. So every other month. Yeah. I think because it's so, so much content, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it also, it allows bad idea to, you know, put some other number ones in there, you know? Right. Um, so I think that's kind of what they're, what their pub plan is but uh yeah so the issue two will be out in june issue three will be out in august yeah and now do you have uh other pro- i mean I've, i know you can't say what they are but do you have other uh properties beyond b-sides with uh with bad idea that you're uh working on or, or that we may see in the future i do yeah i'm already scripting two other mini series for them and right now we're working on um another one so that'll be my fourth one and of course, as the world well knows, May 12th is going to be Hank Howard, the pizza detective, Yeah, uh, which uh, is another uh, short story that I did for them that David Lapham drew. And it is a hard-boiled uh, pizza noir, as I call it, about a, a corporate detective who works for a pizza chain. And there's been a crime at one of the, uh, at one of the locations, and he has to solve it. Yeah, and, and uh, listeners or viewers, if you're not familiar, uh, this is a book that's going to be available only for 24 hours. So you got to get it on the day uh, it comes out. Again, bad idea, just trying to drive that traffic to yeah. the shops. May 12th, I believe it's only. Yeah, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's it's May 12th. It is on sale for only one day, and I believe it's only one dollar. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, right, one dollar. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. I just, I, we'll see how that works out. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and the fact that you're uh, working with a legend like David Laffin, what was that like? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I woke up one day and I sort of had the first few lines of the story in my head. You know, it was hot, Florida hot, whatever. Because mm-hmm. uh, the story set in Hollywood, Florida, like this, this dopey detective isn't even in the good Hollywood, right? He's in like <laughs> the other Hollywood. And uh and uh, I just wrote this eight-page story. Like by lunch, I had already done my revisions and my final draft and everything. And I emailed it to Warren Simons. And I said, man, you didn't ask for this. I'm sure you don't want it. <laughs> like here's like an eight-page story about a pizza detective, you know? And he read it and he liked it. Uh, again, it is also very absurd, but played completely deadly serious. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the most serious case that's ever happened on planet earth to this, to this pizza <laughs> detective. And, uh, you know, when he called and told me that Lapham was going to draw it, it just blew my mind. Cause again, me coming from those independent small press roots, mm-hmm. that guy's a legend. You yep. know? He doesn't often draw other people's things. No, you know, not he's, anymore. He's an excellent writer in his own right, you know? And so, um, I could, and he leans all the way in, you know, like, uh, he's just an absolute genius and he leans all the way in to the story and, and uh, you know, it, it's in black and white, which is really kind of Lapham's forte as well. And yeah, I'm super, super excited for people to read that just again, to just see uh, just some different stuff out there that I've done, you know, that they, people haven't seen from me before. You know? 
Yeah, and uh, when we had uh, Dinesh and Warren on, they kind of mentioned that we might see something, and I was sort of intrigued. The first thing I thought of, there's that classic Seinfeld episode where the, there's that librarian detective, and it reminded me of that. Um, yeah, I don't know or, if I've seen that one. Yeah, oh, it's it's hilarious. This guy. Oh wait, I do. They chase Kramer down, don't they? Kramer's had like some books that have been overdue for like thirty uh, years, or something like yeah, that. It was uh, yeah, it was George, and the and the detective's name's Bookman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's it's, uh, it's hilarious. Uh, anyway, you uh, you you don't really have anything um, kind of regular with DC going on uh, right now. Is that uh, are you have you kind of taken a break from doing stuff for them or just? Yeah, no, I don't have like a ongoing series with them right now, but I'm doing the Superman seventy eight series that they announced. Right. Alfredo Torres is the artist on that. Jordi Belair is doing the colors. Um, you know. That's to say that's a dream project is almost a like a misnomer because I never even thought a project like that would exist. Right. I wouldn't even dream about it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's my Superman, you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman. I didn't grow up reading comics, and so Superman Two was kind of my first uh, introduction to the DC universe, superheroes in general. And he's all Superman's always been my favorite character because of that. So for me to be able to be able to tell stories set in the universe of the Donner films, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a real high point for me creatively and in my career. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm doing that. And, you know, I've, I've got some other things that uh, I'm working on with DC as well, but it's just really, I love doing the DC stuff. You know, that's one kind of creativity. You work in established continuities, established mm -hmm. universes, there's rules for the characters, all those kinds of things. I love doing that kind of work. I've done it, you know, I don't know. I've been with DC going on nine years now, you know, but I also do like doing stuff like tankers or stuff that feels a little bit more creator owned and independent where you kind of make up your own rules. You know, that, right. that's a different sort of creativity. And so um, I'm thankful to be able to have a balance of those uh, two things. And I hope to keep doing both for a long time. You know, I, I love the DC universe. I love the characters. I have a lot of friends over there that I've, relationships with over the years so um you know excited to still be doing stuff over there as well yeah well i know you have a, a lot of fans that know you know they didn't know your work at, at um either from from top shelf or from valiant and, and they you know they learned about you either from hawkman or from flash or from your green lantern run or, or what have you so i just want to make sure that all those guys are uh, hopefully they're coming over to check out tankers and the bad idea stuff but yeah sure i mean that's the hope right i mean i know they're all very invested in the characters that they follow and and those kinds of things but you do hope that as a creator they'll follow you you know if they if they like the way i write Hawkman, that they would you know take a shot on six days or on tankers or something else like that you know um i don't know how much of that happens but um you know that's okay you know i'm grateful for whatever readers i have and whatever books they want to read you know uh but i do think that over my time at dc especially from like the rebirth period forward with me doing how Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps or Freedom Fighters and Hawkman. I think, uh, at least I like to think that I sort of built up a name for myself as, as, as doing some quality work um, that people are really happy with. And, and uh, you know, Superman 78 is going to be the same. So. Yeah. Well, j just speaking from what I know of, of other, you know, reviewers and, and press. Yeah. That you do have a, a, a name that is associated with very 
quality work, you know, and people wonder, well, how come he doesn't have a regular book right now? So yeah, I've been, well, check out Tankers, everybody. It's uh, it's out there and it's great. Yeah, There's, there's um, definitely some stuff happening in the background, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, that's how it always is, right? Uh, as a, a freelancer, you always got to make sure you have multiple irons going because you never know what's going to hit and when it's going to hit. And you, you don't want to have that. Yeah, you know, with everything that happened in 2020, um, it kind of threw a lot of things up in the air, you know, and, um, you know, I, I have been writing Superman 78 for a while. It's just not out yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, I do have a steady gig, right? It's just, it's not out yet, you know, because things got delayed and I mean, it was just a crazy year, you know, so many things happened last year in the industry and it's kind of remarkable, honestly, to be where we are now and to be in the shape that we're in, you know, things could have been, you know, devastating. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, my, my wife works at a hospital and, you know, there were days she had 14 COVID patients, you know, and they didn't even have masks yet and things like that, you know? So, um, it was definitely a scary time and, uh, to be where we are now, um, I I feel like, you know, we, we came out of it better than, than it could have been, you know? Yeah. I mean, I gotta admit at the, I I wasn't sure if we have monthly comics I, I mean it all sort of felt like a house of cards when you know yeah, or, or comic book stores or yeah you know, anything you know um so we're very blessed you know i mean we've all you know probably at this point almost everybody knows somebody that that they lost to covid you know I've, I've certainly had it in my family and um you know that that's that's devastating in its own way you know uh but we're fortunate I think to be where we are, you know. Well, as long as nobody sends uh, any, you know, militarized, mechanized warriors back to uh, to China a few years ago and tries to stop it and and makes the world even worse, then yeah. probably we'll I think, come we'll, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah we'll exactly. be all right. Exactly. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, do you have any? How far along are you? Uh, you know, you mentioned working on a couple more projects for a Bad Idea. Um, any any clue? I mean, they haven't even announced Wave Two, but do you know for sure you're going to have something in Wave Two or Wave Three? Have you gotten to that? I don't. I didn't know I was going to have something in Wave One until maybe a couple of days before they announced Wave One. You know, they they called me. I think Dinesh, he texted me, and he was like, "Hey man, just so you know that we're going to announce uh, the Pizza Comic in 15 minutes." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, cool, you know, it's like you say, you know, they're, they're nimble. Yeah. It's like a small outfit. They can really be a speedboat, you know, which is part of the fun. Valiant was like that a lot too, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what wave two is. Um, I haven't, I haven't talked about it with them. Um, I don't know any of the books that are in wave two. I know a lot of the stuff that is being worked on, mm-hmm. you know, in addition to the books, that they've already announced, you know, Walesville, Rocks and Mineral, a lot, uh, Sleigh Bells, Matt Kent's doing ENIAC, which had its uh, second issue came out same day as Tankers number one. So in addition to all those, I know a lot of the other projects that are being worked on. I know who the creative teams are and things like that, but none of it's been announced yet. And uh, I, I have no idea what will be a part of wave two and what won't. So uh, I wouldn't even dare to guess. I hope I'm in it. Yeah. I, you know, every, every time I've got a book out on the stands, I'm happy. You know, the one, the one thing about tankers being uh, bi-monthly that uh, 
I was like, ah, that means I got to go a whole month without having a, a book out from there. Right. You know? But now yeah. we're doing the pizza comic. So yeah. you never know what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned that the other creators and, and you know, like Joshua Dysart, uh, I, I also know what it is, but they haven't announced it uh, yet, or, or they might have given some some hints. Um, but when you, you talk about not only coming back to work with guys like Dinesh and Warren, but you're you're also getting to work alongside a lot of the colleagues that uh, helped develop the universe over there at Valiant, like mm-hmm. Matt Kent and, and Josh. Um, do you guys feed off each other? Do you call each other and talk about story or, or bounce ideas off each no, other? No, we used to see each other at a lot of conventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I do miss... You know, the camaraderie of, of the convention circuit and you know being a writer you know your day at the office is all by yourself you know what i mean there's nobody you're talking to at the water cooler or anything like that so right. the convention circuit is really good for that so i haven't seen those guys or talked to them much you know except very briefly um you know since then but uh i know the kind of work that they do um i know how high quality it is and it definitely makes you want to sit down and make sure you're, you're putting out your best stuff. Uh, Cause you don't want to be, you know, the wobbly wheel right. on the car, you know? So, um, you know, I don't know if they feel that way, but that's how I feel. You know? Yeah. Hopefully we'll get back, get back to that. You know, we'll get back to the, to, to the conventions and cause I, yeah, I, I, I love hanging out and seeing those guys uh, as well. And, you know, for somebody like yourself, like you said, you know, just talking story, you know, with those guys probably helps out a lot. Um, and you mentioned the lot also, uh, Marguerite Bennett, and she's someone who hadn't done anything at, at Valiant, but she has done stuff at uh, DC. Do you know uh, Marguerite at all? I don't know her real well. Um, I've certainly been at retreats and, and seen her in things. Um, she's enormously talented, you know. Uh, I can't even remember the first time I read one of her comics, but I do know it was in the New 52 era of DC. So, you know, we're going back quite a few years and the strength of her voice just really came across to me, you know? Um, so I, I haven't read any of the lot, but I've read a lot of her work over the years and I'm, I'm a huge fan of her. It, it's not easy to have a distinctive voice, you know, mm-hmm. and she certainly does. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what that is, even though I'm not a horror person, you know, like, uh, horror like gives me terrible nightmares. <laughs> Even like crappy horror, you yeah. know. Like I, I had nightmares for like days after I saw like the Paris Hilton remake of House of Wax. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So like it doesn't even have to be good horror to freak me out. But uh, I'll read the lot anyways, and and uh, we'll see how many nights of sleep I lose. So it's that writer's imagination that it takes the idea that you saw and runs with it. Always been that way. Yeah. yeah. Always been that way. I've never been bothered by, you know, action movie violence or anything like that. Something about horror and especially anything that's like religious horror, you know, like the exorcist. I saw the exorcist when I was like 20 years old. And if I sit here and think about it right now, hard enough, yeah, I'll have nightmares right. tonight. Like that. And I've, I've never seen Rosemary's baby. Like somebody tried to explain Rosemary's baby to me once. I was like, Nope. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm going to uh, share my screen and we'll watch uh, some Exorcist right now. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rob. Well, it's been great talking to you. Uh, we're going to finish up with, with uh, one last question here because uh, I, I am curious. I'm, I'm going to try to get a, a little bit about one of the uh, series that you're uh, 
developing with bad idea beyond tankers because uh, tankers like you said it is something so different so tongue-in-cheek um you know like nothing you've ever done before uh, but i also know you do you love to do stories that you are really passionate about and with six days even have a personal uh connection to uh, and i think there's such depth to those uh kind of stories so might we expect something uh that's more personal and, and explores uh ideas that uh are important to you at bad no, idea. I don't know. Yeah, you mean like something nonfiction or something like that? I'm not it, really It doesn't sure. even necessarily have to be nonfiction, but just you know, the first couple of, of series we've seen from Bad Idea are, are very traditionally comic. They're not necessarily a, a story where you're uh, exploring a big idea that's more kind of personal. So uh, I'm just wondering if we might see something like that from Bad Idea down the line, and if it's it might be something that you're uh, working on. You know, whether it's uh, exploring something like, you know, racism or some sort of other societal. Yeah. The other two projects that I'm working on with them that are already up and running are much more sort of high concept in, in the way that tankers is. Gotcha. Um, I do have some ideas for some more personal projects. Um, but I, I haven't really talked to bad idea about those yet. You know, um, I mean, I've got, you know, Bad idea has only been out, been in, you know, on the stands for two months. Yeah. And if you count the, you know, the, the Hank Howard story, that's one, two, three, four. I've got five different, you know, things that I'm working on with them, which, which yeah. is a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean that I don't have, uh, have some ideas for some other things too. But hopefully we're just at the beginning of this, you know. I really like to put down roots at the places where I work, you know, I was a Valiant for six years, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. I've been a DC for going on nine years, you know? Uh, so I, I really like to put down roots to places that I go. Um, you know, I, I kind of take pride in the fact that if you look at my publishing history as a writer, I've worked with like, I've been doing this since 2005 and I think I've only worked with five publishers, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but I've put out over 300 things. Right. So I really like to put down roots and spend time and develop relationships and kind of build where I'm at. And uh, I'm doing these five things now, but, you know, hopefully it's just the beginning and it'll lead to a whole lot more. Yeah. Hopefully that's the case. And uh, listeners, hopefully everybody got a chance to pick up, pick up tankers. Uh, I will say that if your, your local bad idea store doesn't have any copies, put it out on, on Twitter, you know, just hit up at uh, bad idea. Hello. And, and ask, and Dinesh is really good about getting back to people saying, Hey, this store still has some, the store still has some. And yeah. And also there's a lot of stores I think that do mail order too. Mm -hmm, exactly. And, uh, I don't know if they're going to keep doing the gold button, but you know, be like Jace, you know, oh, Camp out and get yourself some of them gold buttons, you know, oh, yeah, they're, they're was, rolling in the dough over there, man. That was, that was, yeah, that was kind of rough. I can't, I can't believe. So for the, for those that yeah, may not know, right? I, I got, I managed to get two the first time and I thought the second time there's no way. So my regular comic shop opens at 9 a.m. And then there's another comic shop that's about 20 minutes away that opens at, at 10. So the first time I wasn't necessarily surprised that when I got to the second place, there was nobody there. Because um, I showed up at my shop, I think at like seven the first time. Um, and somebody came and got in line about half an hour, 45 minutes later. And come to find out it's somebody from the Valiant fans boards. And he was, because I, I didn't know what he was there for. There were other big books coming out that day. 
Yeah. But then when uh, I asked him, oh, you know, what are you looking for? He goes, oh, yeah, the bad idea book. Then I knew and I felt a little bad. But, hey, I, I got there first. So I yeah. thought with the way the button went the first time that people would for sure be out there in droves, you know, trying to be first the second time. So I got to my local comic shop at midnight. I was there all night and it's not in the best neighborhood. So that was a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> the homeless guy coming up to me asking if he could borrow my cell phone. Like I don't have one, it broke. <laughs> so I thought for sure, I you know I got the but I thought for sure I'm gonna go to this other place that's 15 minutes away. There's for sure gonna be somebody there, right? Nope, nobody in sight. So I did have a lot of people that I saw, and I even have retailers because uh, I know a lot of retailers from when I worked at Top Shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, text me or whatever and tell me they have people waiting outside to get the button. You know. Uh, which is cool. It's just another fun thing that Bad Idea is doing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't change the comic one way or another if you get the button or you don't. It doesn't change the comic one way or another if you get a first printing or you get a not first printing. Right. You know? But um, it's just some fun stuff that they're doing. Uh, just trying to mix things up a little bit, you know. Well, yeah, especially uh, the first time for, for the ENIAC button. Like, I, I because of the COVID pandemic, I really don't leave the house, you know. That was the first time that I'd been out and felt like, I was kind of on a, you know, at a con, that sense of adventure, you know, like yeah, driving yeah. one shop, driving, go to another shop and kind of get that level of excitement. So, yeah, it was it was it was really cool. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't know. If I'm, I mean, I, they're doing them for the first five and it would be nice to have a whole set. But we don't even know what they're for yet. Dinesh says, oh, you, you would really going to want this button. But no, and then it could end up being like, yeah, I don't even know what they're for yet. They don't tell me. You know what I mean? Who knows what they're cooking up? Well, come to find out, you can trade in your tanker button, everybody, for Rob's car. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have it. My yeah. hot rod. Is anybody, if anybody's seen the video that I posted, it's my hot rod. And you know what I feed my hot rod, Jace? What's that? Liquid dinosaurs. <laughs> That's right. Liquid dinosaurs. That's awesome. Well, uh, we'll all learn uh, what the button is for together, I suppose. Uh, and I hope everybody's picking up tankers and enjoying it. Uh, any idea when the DC, uh, when the Superman stuff will uh, will be out so people can? Yeah, it's uh, July. They've already announced it. Yeah, I believe. I believe it's end of July is when it starts. They're doing Superman 78. They're also doing Batman 89. 89, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it's the Tim Burton Batman universe. Um, so I believe they both launch in July. Original plan is for them to be digital first with print issues starting in August and a hardcover collection, I believe, in October. Just but I don't know if that will change, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, but I'm I'm super excited about it. You know, to be able to play in that universe and Wilfredo Torres is just as huge a fan of that universe as I am. Um, so it really is sort of a dream project for both of us. And we're both putting a lot of heart into it. And, uh, you know, the gang's all there. So yeah, uh, really, really excited to see people, what people think about that story. Well, knowing you as long as I have and knowing what a fan you are of that property, when I heard the announcement, I, I was just over the moon for you, man. So congrats on that. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, as we finish up here, anything, uh, any last thoughts for uh, Bad Idea fans? No, just, you know, keep checking out the books. Uh, got a lot of exciting stuff that they're doing. You know, basically one month, one day, one Wednesday a month is a bad idea day. All the books will come out on the same day. I think it's the first Wednesday of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I think next up is ENIAC 3, along with the Walesville and Rocks and Minerals double feature book that they're doing. So really that's Matt Kent Day is yeah. what that is. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess one week after that will be the pizza comic. So I will have something out in May. That's May 12th. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely looking forward to that. And then Tankers 2 will be the first Wednesday in June. So Great, great. Uh, well, remind everybody uh, where they can find you online, Rob, because I know you really do yeah. like hearing from from fans and engaging. Yeah, with I'm you. on Instagram and Twitter. It's just at Robert Venditti. Um, you know, you can give me a shout uh, if you like my stuff. If you don't like my stuff, keep it to yourself. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I try to be pretty good on social about, you know, replying to people and getting back to uh, just about everybody. So, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoy the books and uh, you know, let me know if you do. All right. Uh, so thanks uh, to Rob for, uh, for taking the time to join us once again. It's always great to see you. I look forward to the return of conventions when we can see each other in person. For sure. And it's been, sure. I can't even remember the last time I, I saw you. It would have been, July of 2019, I think. Oh, yeah, San Diego 2019. Yeah, yeah I think you interviewed me about Hawkman or something at the DC booth. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, listeners, well, uh, we hope you all enjoyed Tankers. Uh, be sure you're reaching out to Rob on social media. There's links in the show notes to, uh, to go and follow him if you don't do so already. Uh, and we want to thank you for supporting the Comic Source as always. We'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes, as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.